bearing stack in my cave of comics has collapsed and I've been buried. Leon and Ray are hopefully trying to dig me up. Until then, here we are with me all alone recording this to amuse myself and you while I'm trapped down here. Um, I still have internet, so at least there's that. And welcome to Ace Comicals episode number 72. Yes, so uh, I've got a few spooky comics to go through here. So um, a couple of new ones and... One from past years that I have been back and revisited for you guys. So, yes, uh, spooky is the order of the day today because it's me by myself and uh, we're in the run-up to Halloween. It's my favourite time of year. The PSL's back. Inktober is just around the corner. So, yeah, welcome to officially autumn now, by the way. So, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to kick this off with a little bit of news that I came across, which is uh, in the form of a Wonder Woman book on DC's Black Label by Daniel Warren Johnson. And it's Daniel Warren Johnson's DC debut. And it's looking pretty cool. It's, uh, if you remember, we've talked about Daniel Warren Johnson's work before in the form of Extremity and Murder Falcon. Both amazing books. And this looks to be following suit uh, artwork rise. I mean, I'm just looking at some of the preview art now and there's like this big kind of like hulking metal as hell looking beast sort of like looming over Wonder Woman here on this cover and it looks like Wonder Woman's wearing Batman's belt uh, Batman's utility belt and uh, this book is called Wonder Woman Dead Earth Um, according to the official DC website Princess Diana of Themyscira left paradise to save man's world from itself when Wonder Woman awakens from a centuries-long sleep to discover the earth reduced to a nuclear wasteland she knows she's failed the world is destroyed Earth's heroes have failed. Trapped alone in a grim future, Diana must protect the last human city from titanic monsters that have taken over the Earth while uncovering the secret of this dead Earth and how she may be responsible for it. So, um, I am looking massively forward to this. This is going to be wonderful by the looks of it. I mean, I can't fault Daniel Warren Johnson's previous work and uh, him and Mike Spicer working together again. Mike Spicer on Colours... It's going to be in four parts and it will be hitting shelves in December, uh, December 18th, 2019, I think, and then every other month following. So, yeah, I'm all in for this and I'm looking massively forward to this. And uh, you guys should uh, go and have a quick look at the DC website and maybe check out some of the preview art that's floating about uh, because it is looking good. Okay, um, moving on from there. We'll go into the first comic that I wanted to talk about, which is a book called You Are Obsolete. And uh, I have a blurb for this, so I'm just going to read that for you now. A disgraced journalist is called to cover a mysterious story on an isolated European island. As she investigates, she discovers the children have taken control and are somehow killing off all adults by their 40th birthdays. Now she must discover the truth behind the killings while staying on the good side of the children's harsh leader, or she's next. So, uh, this is something that was in a poll list on a previous episode. Um, I think it was the previous episode, actually. And first impressions, this is a really, really good kind of slow burn creep. And slow burn is the order of the day with the books that we've been uh, picking, actually. Um, At least two of them. And um, just, like... It's the best kind of creepy. It was uh, straight away. The cover just fills your skin with bugs. There's this like this kid with this kind of like looming evil smile. And um, it's got like this kind of like children of the corn vibe. Um, 
like the way the lighting is on this cover with the warp perspective of the buildings in the background. It's just so damn twisted. Um, the book itself has a real classic horror comic vibe in that most of the book is told, uh, and the story is t- most of the story in this book is told through narration, uh, the notes of the journalist in question, the main character. And, um, I really do love the opening few pages. It's a birthday party and it is like super grim. <laughs> Uh, so it's like somebody's 40th birthday party and uh, these kids are just watching and um, like the minute they finish singing and the guy blows his candles out, he just falls face first into the cake and dies. And I I just think it's absolutely perfect because like the adults are all racked with grief and the kids, um, they're talking and they've, you know, they, they're kind of like... Um, they're supposed to be, they're saying that um, they're not supposed to talk out loud because they're talking out loud and one of them is talking out loud and it's like, no, you know better than to do that. Use the technology. So they start texting each other again and it's like just this kind of like eerie, creepy vibe of these, these kids are running everything and it's all to do with technology and it I like the fact that this book kind of plays with the idea that um, when you're when you get older, or as you get older, you sort of do become obsolete because you you don't keep up with tech like children might and things like that, or like younger generations might, and um, you might start to there'll be things that younger people will understand that you won't, and it's like when. Um, when your parents ask you to to make something work for them or ask you to run tech support for them on a computer or something like that and it's that kind of vibe except it's kind of taken and extrapolated and out to extremes and it's like these kids are running this place and um from what i gather it's all very smartphone centric at the beginning and it's all very tech centric and um I mean, we don't we don't get treated to an awful lot of what's actually happening in this first issue, but it's just absolutely wonderful um, as a, as a an entry into this world and as a beginning um, and open to this kind of like this slow burn story. I want to see where it goes. It's like I I really did actually vibe with this book, like the opening few pages, the birthday party. All it was brilliant. The mystery had me hooked and locked in like almost instantly. And I, I do actually want to know what's going on. I'm going to carry on reading because of that first. Uh, the art here is great and it really good at sewing unease and building this kind of nightmarish atmosphere with the way that lighting is used and the, the twisted smiles of the adults town of the adult townsfolk when we get onto the island that the kids are running. Um and uh, the book also actually seems to have a sense of humour too. Uh, there's a scene where there's a woman playing a fiddle in a pub and um, she's like driven to despair by having to play the music that the children like. So like the pop songs, the new pop songs that they like, she's not allowed to play the classics. And I, I, I think I found that funnier than I should when I was reading it in the book because she's, she's like driven to despair by this and she ends up smashing the fiddle like in on the page and it's a great page but I just love that moment and how that works and, and the fact that there's like a bit of a sense of humour there as well but it's also like really messed up and I think I'm going to continue reading this and I would definitely recommend this to you guys. So that is um, You Are Obsolete and... Art is by, uh, and forgive me here if I mispronounce your name, uh, Evgeny uh, Bornyakov. 
It is written and created by Matthew Clickstein, colorist Lauren Aff, letters by Simon Boland, and it is published by Aftershock. And uh, yeah, it's a wonderful little book, and it's a great thing for this time of year and a great thing to kick off with. Um, sort of in that in that lead up to Halloween, you start wanting to read these kind of these kind of tales, these these tales that that um, I don't know. They just they just bring me into that kind of mindset when the nights are getting longer and you know like trees are losing leaves and it's just it's that vibe and you want to get it and you want to keep it going it's like when it's near christmas and you want to keep the christmas thing going well i mean like for me halloween is pretty much christmas so (laughs) i like i love halloween so this is me getting into it getting into autumn and everything else um, the next book on my list uh, is actually a comedy one. It's kind of comedy, but it's also kind of um, action-adventure type thing. It's called Steeple, and uh, it is written, and uh, the art actually is by John Allison. Uh, Allison. The colours are by Sarah Stern, and that's John Allison of uh, Giant Days. The letters are by Jim Campbell, and this is published on Dark Horse, and this is wonderfully British. It definitely has the spirit of... Um, I want to say Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright running through its veins. It has this very Cornetto trilogy sense of humour that I totally vibe with. And you would you will get that when you read it, if you read it and pick it up on my recommendation. Because it is a recommendation. Um, the blurb for this one. A supernatural tale of friendship, the devil and moral grey areas. Two women with wildly different worldviews become unlikely friends as they navigate the supernatural happenings in a sleepy coastal parish and soon find themselves forced to choose sides in the war between good and evil, facing demons, curses, and a miniature rapture. So, I mean, what we have here is we have um, a young woman who uh, is a trainee priest in the Catholic Church, and she has been sent to this parish um, that has this kind of, like, history about it, is steeped in folklore concerning um, God and the devil and good and evil. And uh, it turns out that some of those tales might actually be true. Um, I do love the sleek cartoon styling of Alison's work here and the comedic edge to the spooky tale. I love the shadowy, almost shapeless design of the creature we get to, we get treated to it towards the end of the first book. And I love the idea of a battle for good and evil taking place over a little seaside town in Cornwall. Like the last place on earth you'd expect anything like that to happen uh, with all the idyllic little cottages and, and villages. And well, I mean, these days, anyhow, it what with Tintagel being in Cornwall and Tintagel being the birthplace of King Arthur. And we already talked about him in reference to another book that is steeped in British myth, legend and folklore. Um, that was a couple of episodes back and that was Once and Future, uh, which is also great, by the way. Um, this touches also touches on the very real issues that face these little towns, like seasonal jobs and work and commerce that dries up when the holiday season's over. Um, affordable housing where people are buying up houses for holiday homes and holiday lets and driving up property prices in the area. Um, now this book has some really good moments. Uh, the pub scenes are some of my favorite pages and, uh, I like that the characters in this book feel real. They're not over-exaggerated. You feel like you could meet or have met these people. And I do like a lot of the cartoon slapstick work here. Like, um, when, uh, when the car explodes and um, some of the uh, some of the stuff going on in the pub with one of the characters who is told to cool his ass quite literally, um, and yeah, I just I just think it's absolutely brilliant. You've got like these um, 
the, the characters in it, like the, the, the priest and uh, the woman who helps the priest who's doing the parishioner who is uh, like um, kind of like his housekeeper at the rectory. And, uh, you know, how she's so stern and grumpy and it just it all feels so real. It feels like you've probably met these people or like you can actually imagine a place like this or these people existing somewhere. Um, and it just just has this wonderful charm about it. And like, I mean, me being British first of all like i i i really vibe with the britishness of it which i think i think is something that um is quite special when when it gets that completely right and hits that sweet spot so like the uh, aforementioned um cornetto trilogy like the the simon pegg films and i mean this has that sense of humor and and it has that kind of uh, that kind of vibe running through it and that that's that's what i like about it like this you know there is a terribly British way of dealing with things. And I think, I think this book has that and uh, I get it and I love it. And the characters are great. And I think you guys should pick it up and read it because it's fantastic, especially with this uh, awesome cartoon styling and awesome artwork that, um, I mean, I think I described it on the previous episodes pull list as um, maybe I did, did I actually say this on the episode or not? Maybe I said this in conversation with uh, with Ray and uh, Leon afterwards, but it, it kind of has this kind of Cartoon Network-y vibe about it. It feels very um, animated in that sense it, uh, and abstract in that sense in this, uh, like the cartoon cartoon kind of thing, uh, which I really did enjoy. Quite, quite simple art with uh, simple lines and um, simple cartoon charm. And uh, it's all the more wonderful for it. I love it. Uh, and that is Steeple Number 1. And that is uh, John Allison, Sarah Stern, Jim Campbell. And that is published by Dark Horse. And uh, again, that is something you should pick up. So, that brings me on to the third and final book that I wanted to talk about. And uh, that is Moonshine. So, uh, Moonshine is a werewolf story. And it is written by Brian Azzarello. And Art and Colour is by Eduardo Riso. And the letters are by Jared K. Fletcher. Now, um, Brian Azzarello and Eduardo Riso are a pairing that I know from their Batman work. And uh, some great, great Batman work that these guys have done. So, I'm going to read you a blurb for this one. So, uh, this is from writer Brian Azzarello and artist Eduardo Riso. The Eisner Award-winning creative team behind the crime classic 100 Bullets comes a brutal new series that puts a horror twist on a classic gangster tale. Uh, Set deep in Appalachia during Prohibition, Moonshine tells the story of Lou Perlo, a city slick torpedo sent from New York City to negotiate a deal with the best moonshiner in the West uh, in West Virginia, Hiram Holt. Lou figures it a milk room, but when he doesn't, but what he doesn't figure is that. Holt's just as cunning and ruthless as any NYC crime boss. Not only will Holt do anything for his illicit booze operation, he'll stop at nothing to protect a much darker, bloodier family secret. Now, um, this is something that was originally... I mean, the first volume was originally published May 24th, uh, 2017. Um, So this is the first TPB, uh, and that collects issues 1 to 6. Um, there are 12 issues of it currently. Second one was October 13th, 2018. So this is something that passed me by first time around. And um, I wanted to go back and revisit it. And it's something that I've been meaning to read. It's been on my list and uh, I've actually had time to check it out now. So um, the first thing about this book, a Prohibition Era Werewolf Story, which 
I love straight away. Like, how did I miss this the first time around? It's like 1929 in this book. Uh, the FBI is in its infancy, or rather then known as the Bureau of Investigation, with Edgar J. Hoover as the director. And, like, I love the idea of this this slow burn crime gangster story that is laced tight with the supernatural, smothered in atmosphere and tension, which is driven by the heavy shallow shadow and nuanced realistic expression in the art, which uh, Eduardo Riso just does perfectly. Um, the story um, is, like, has some real historical accuracy about it, and it doesn't shy away from the uglier side of the times as well. Um, even down to, uh, I like, uh, there's a, there's a point in the book where, uh, there's some music playing and, uh, our main character is drawn to the music and follows the music, uh, off the road. Um, and it's a song called Me and the Devil Blues by an artist called Robert Leroy Johnson. Um, and even that is, is very in the time and it's this, this, um, this old blues song that you can you can find this on YouTube to listen to. It's a great recording, um, and I, I mean I like my old blues music, so I find stuff like this fantastic, and I love the way that that's laced into the story, just to give it that kind of historical accuracy and help with the the immersion. I mean this this book is like you just you just don't want to put it down when you pick it up because you just get into it and you get immersed in it, and especially if you enjoy these these crime and gangster tales and things, which I am. Um, in recent years, actually, this is like becoming more and more my thing um, and combining this with werewolves as well and creating this horror comic that just just has layers and layers of thick atmosphere um, and a werewolf story that's a little bit different as well because it actually gets under your skin. It's not um, a lot of werewolf stories that uh, the werewolf stories that we tend to see a lot now um, tend to be less psychological and less um how do i say this nuanced with their representation of the horror it's more um they they revel more in violence and viscera and this this while it does have the violence and the viscera does have more of a psychological edge and is all the better for it and i i, I really did enjoy it start to finish um it's a wonderful horror story it looks great um there's some fantastic moments in it, like uh, some absolutely great pages throughout this book and just some absolutely brilliant work. And I got to say, like with the use of like color and lighting and just the use of shadow in some of these pages, it's just absolutely wonderful. Um, I can't like... I can't get enough of this. And uh, it's it's like the... Um, also the parallels this book draws between uh, drinking and getting drunk and... Um, like, you know, like be- becoming a werewolf and, and releasing a monster and becoming a monster when you drink and the parallels it draws there. Kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde type narrative running through it in that sense. Um yeah, it's just an absolutely fantastic book, and I'd recommend it to anyone. So if, uh, if you know, like this hard-hitting kind of gangster story is your jam, and uh, you also like horror and uh, werewolf tales, then I, I think this is your thing, and I think you should check it out. And that brings us to the end of the list of books today. 
So, on to my pull list. Now, uh, I've only got a couple this week. Um, 25th of the 9th, 2019, which is when this cast will be available. Um, we have Powers of X number 5, which is one before the penultimate. So, as you know, when we've talked about uh, House of X and Powers of X previously on this cast, Hox and Pox, they are going to run for six issues each, and then we're going to get like a whole new... Um, launch of uh, several x-men lines um and it's gonna it's gonna branch off into i think six different stories just six different series um so it'll be interesting to see where things land up with powers of x and house of x i mean as far as we've got so far i mean i don't want to talk too much about it so i don't want to spoil it i want you guys to read it i want you guys to enjoy x-men and pick up an x-men book and get reading it which is what this has done for me it's actually got me reading an x-men book which is the first First time in a long, long time that I've actually followed an X-Men book and enjoyed it like that. So, yeah, I'm going to be seeing where this goes and I'm going to be seeing what happens when it branches off into uh, six different series. And I think I'll probably talk more about that on the next cast we record. Uh, There's also Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 98 uh, as we edge ever closer to that milestone 100th issue. And uh, I am looking forward to this. Uh, As you know, I am a massive TMNT fan. So... Yeah, that's that's the that's my two my two that I'm looking most forward to on the twenty fifth and ninth. Um obviously you've got your pulls, you've got things that you like buying. Why don't you tell us what you're buying in comics and uh join the conversation? Um we've also got for the second of October, which is the following week, we've got everything number two. If you liked what we said about the first everything, um which was in the previous episodes, uh then uh, check that out and check out number two because I think it's a great book. Um if you're if you like your ice cream man style stories um you're sort of like um you're kind of twin peaksy twisted suburbia stuff then i guess everything is going to be your jam uh there's also um another book that i looked i, I found here called bizarre adventures number one now bizarre adventures number one is uh, a marvel title and this is one of the uh, again, another piece of the celebration of Marvel's 80th. They're resurrecting one of their wildest creations, Bizarre Adventures. Within these pages, you'll see Shang-Chi take on a martial arts master. Ulysses Bloodstone battle a master of the dark arts. Dracula meet his match. And the Marvel debut of Archwood's Chris Onstad. These adventures will be thrilling, exciting, and most definitely bizarre. So, this is something that I am... Um, really really looking forward to because it's marvel does weird and uh yeah i'm looking forward to this one so uh this will be a one to pick up on uh, october 2nd get you into that spooky season mood and uh hopefully there'll be some more spooky comics coming uh before october is out i am very much looking forward to october's comics offerings so that has been ace comicals episode number 72 it's been a short one uh, but it has been just me, Greg. You can find me on Twitter at Bato, that's B-A-T-T-O-U. And uh, you can also find Ace Comicals at www.acecomicals.com, which is pretty much the hub for everything we do. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on CastBox, Castro, Overcast, PocketCast, Spotify, Stitcher and TuneIn. You can find us on Instagram at Ace Comicals. You can find us on Twitter at Ace Comicals, where you can DM us, get involved in the conversation. Um, at us, just talk to us about some of the stuff we that you know we talk about. Like if you listen to the cast and uh, 
you've picked up some of the, uh, the the comics that we've recommended, some of the comics we've talked about, then let us know. Let us know what you think. Um, and, uh, of course, you can also reach us at acecomicals at gmail.com where you can send us questions. Uh, that's our general email address, so send us questions, get involved in the conversation that way if you like. So that has been Ace Comicals number 72. I'm hoping Ray and Leon are getting closer to the bottom of the stack where I currently am because this candle is getting pretty dim. But that is Ace Comicals over and out.